My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, inspire purpose, and ignite passion in people's hearts to spread God's love throughout the world. And yes, today, I'm so extremely excited. Usually, I'm excited, right, you guys? Usually, it's just like Annie's excited. I have a special guest in the studio. But no, today's a little bit different. I have someone in the studio that some of you might know on television or radio or the internet, I have my husband, a famous musician from the band Striper, with me here today. And we're so excited to talk to you about, guess what? Us. <laughs> oh, he's laughing. Do you hear him? Oz, go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. The, Oz Fox. The story of us. <laughs> yeah, the story of us. Sure. The, that's somebody else used that one time. Sure. Uh, anyway, yeah. Hi. Yeah. How what are you? do you do, honey? I mean, we've been married 15 years, but let's yeah. go back. What do you do? Well, I'm a recording artist and uh, a song singer-songwriter, and uh, I, I play in a group called Striper. We've been together since 1983. So how many years is that? Uh, about 40 years now. 40 years. Yeah. So you're not dating yourself, right? Oh, At all. It don't matter to me. I like to be old. <laughs> <laughs> Except for age brings Age brings wisdom, I'm right? I'm sure, honey. Yeah. I know. I, I wanted to talk to you today because we uh, often talk about relationship things behind the scenes. Yeah. And I thought I would bring you here to just have people listen to our conversation hmm. while we're sitting on our couch normally. Yeah. And we're talking about other people, ourselves, trying to help everyone in our mm. lives with the relationship. We get a lot of phone calls, yeah. numerous texts. Yeah. And just I get various emails, people asking me, how do I fix my relationship? Or how do I find someone? How do I have a good relationship? Where do I find the right person? How do I get along with my husband? How do I get along with my wife? And it's so it's 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 not sad, but it's just disheartening when we can't give this information out to the masses. So because of that, you don't have to worry. I'm good, honey. <laughs> um, I think it's important that we are able to share our wisdom with the world. And one good avenue is obviously television. <laughs> yeah, and of course podcasting. So you are a famous musician. And I can't even imagine what it was like being a famous musician on stage, right? Mm -hmm. Playing the guitar, mm. playing to thousands of people. I mean, one arena, how many did you have in the height of your career? Uh, was it 20,000? Well, it, it varied. No, I, I, 30, there were there were a few times 15, where it was 000. past, past 30,000, you know, yes. um, in, a, in a crowd. That's quite a bit of people, 30,000 people. How That's, many girls were throwing themselves at you? On the stage, honestly, for me, because I with the kind of band I was in, we we pretty much kept a uh, a good 
a team of guards around us so that we wouldn't have that happen to us. But it, it did happen But once in a right? while, it would come through. And would so girls... Maybe I would be somewhere by myself and, you know, that would happen. But what about girls taking their clothes off in no, the that, front row? That, I mean... That happens sometimes, right? It didn't happen in front of me, but other guys, Ye- yeah. Uh, <laughs> other guys in the band. Honey. Thankfully, I never had to deal with that. Well, <laughs> I know. But, but um, I, I wanted people to just explain, or you to explain to the people, like, you've dealt with this type of relationship, you know, temptation in your life. Well, um, uh, that's the part about uh, uh, being successful and being popular, that as a Christian, you really have to exercise the correct ways to deal with that. If you're not, what you know, read up and rooted it's easy to fall into temptation with all of, of that. Of course, especially when you're famous. I think a lot of people struggle with their fame. and Even just in the Christian community, they think that they have power now and they can just reach anybody they want and nothing's going to be seen. I was just reading this story on Facebook last night about this fallen pastor that was cheating on his wife with a girl that was monitoring his Facebook page. Hmm. It's insane. This is a very famous pastor. Like, mm-hmm. we all know him and that he's a famous worship leader as well. But anyway, let me get back to the subject that we're talking about today. Let's mention what I was working on actually last night and this morning. And let me go to my notes. Let's define promiscuous. Promiscuous. <laughs> Promiscuity. So, yes, promiscuous. To be promiscuous is having or characterized by many transient sexual relationships, which transient means a lot and moving around a lot of different moving parts. Transient is going from city to city to city. Sometimes it could be meaning in this context, person, person person to person to person. And then the number two uh, way to adjective to describe adjective is this is words to describe it, which is really, wow, a lot, Mm -hmm. but Licentatious, sexually indiscriminate, wild, <laughs> debauched, dissolute, dissipated, liberated, sex positive, prolificate, unchaste, libertine, abandoned, unrestrained, swinging, slack, wanton, of easy virtue, fast, loose, Fallen, name of my book. Hmm. Wow. That was my name working as a call girl. Fallen. Fallen, right. Round-heeled, light, riggish, and yeah. These are just descriptions of words that are close to promiscuous. Pretty interesting because the Bible has a lot to say about promiscuous behavior and what that means. And if I could share with some of you right now, the first one that came up in the queue as 1 Corinthians 6.18 in the ESV, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And we can put it in context, her own body as well, Mm -hmm. because this actually means the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I wanted to ask you, Oz, because I have heard this 
really popular saying. In fact, I was interviewed on this very famous podcast about body counts. Mm. And one of the things that we were asked around the table, and there were girls there that were working from the brothels. There were girls that were doing OnlyFans. There was a couple girls, I can't remember what they were doing for a living, but it was some sort of public office uh, type of work. Not office, uh, please forgive me, not office, but public space where they were known by the internet, so to speak. And the question was, how many body count do you have? And for some reason, you know, if I can explain it to this uh, Christian and television community, podcast community, body count is how many people you've been with before you get with your married first person. Mm. Some people before they date you ask you, hey, how many people have you been with? This is something that's new, I guess, to this newer generation of young kids. They're asking what our body counts are now. Mm. And uh, maybe in the past, in the 80s, what would they be considering that as as a word to ask that from? If you were dating a woman, would you ask her, hey, how many men have you been with before me? Is that something you would ask someone that you're dating? I'm just curious. Well, I don't think I would ask that outright. Um, I think if the topic got brought up somehow or some way, you would have to address it as you would any other thing. You know, um, if it's a private thing and somebody doesn't want to talk about it, then you respect that privacy, you know? Can I ask you a question? Sure. Since we're doing, it's got no name attached to it. Okay. But wasn't there a girl that you were dating that everyone else had dated? And this is nobody that I've ever met or I don't even know the girl's name, but it was someone in school that you saw that was she was kind of cruising around to all your friends. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you don't have just, to really talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I I'd rather just say you know, God loves everybody. Of course. Oz. And 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 I and and I don't like to even think about something that doesn't matter to me anymore because God's God's So that's why I wanted to talk to you today me for what you, I've done. Right. You know. And so, yeah, that that was something that happened in my life. A person I met, uh, I'm not afraid to say I'm not, it's not like, uh, uh, you know, everybody has their things that have happened in their life. There are mistakes that they've made that they knew not what they did, so to speak. You, you know, what's really interesting with me. I remember dating guys in high school and I never thought to ask them, how many girls have you been with? Hmm. I, I think I assumed that they had been with someone before me, mm-hmm. or if they were virgins, they would have told me, mm. like, "Oh, I'm a virgin. I want you know to be with you." Like, yeah, I that... never thought of that because I just assumed that they had experience, and to me, it didn't bother me. Yeah, you know, well, I was the one that was non-experienced. I was the one that was a virgin, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know how to kiss or French kiss. And the first guy that ever did it to me, I'll never forget his name, Clint Wessenberg. <laughs> and I was at school getting on the bus, and he was holding my hand. I was a freshman hmm. getting on the bus, and he like he said, can I kiss you? And I said, okay. And he threw his tongue down my Ugh. mouth. And I'm like, ew, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Well, well, and, and he had smoked a cigarette before, uh, so it was, I, it was like an ashtray. He was already doing and, stuff. And I was like, right? what the heck? It was a senior. So, 
I mean, obviously he was 17 or 18. I was 14, whatever age I was. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I only let him do it because I thought it was cool to have this guy in school have a crush on me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even like the guy. Which, you know. And full disclosure, Clint, if you're listening right now, uh, don't Annie, be mad at me. You were supposed to say names. <laughs> well, I did. I said his real name. Sorry. I Sorry. Sorry, Clint. <laughs> Clint Eastwood? (laughs) No. (laughs) Anyway, no, listen. In fact, when you think about those days, think about how naive we all were at that age and what we saw on TV at the time, what we were influenced by. Uh, Our friends, who's some of them, we don't know what they had grown up with in their life. And who knows what happened in their families that caused them to know about that stuff and be that way. Yeah. Uh, maybe their parents in, at some point were swingers or who no, knows? And you know, I do know with some of my friends, the ones that I knew that were, and there was only a choice few that were possibly sleeping around, I knew that they had a troubled home life. Mm. And that's what's sad. A lot of people don't realize promiscuity in Young girls, anyway, from my personal experience, because you know as well as I do with my past, when I was eight, nine years old, I was being abused sexually by a neighbor, that there's a rough past that happens before that promiscuity hits a teen. Mm -hmm. Something happened to that teen, possibly, that they can't even share Mm -hmm. or they have words to share. Sexual abuse is real and it manifests in promiscuity, oftentimes, mm-hmm. kids will think, hey, this is normal. This is how I was dealt with before. Can I do this to someone else or should I do this to someone else or be with someone else or let someone else have me because this is how I think love is. Well, and, and the important thing to remember, too, is that the enemy is right there ready to you know, defile you Yes, and send you down a path if you don't know how to defend yourself against the enemy, there's way more possibilities for you falling in that kind of thing. If your family isn't, you know, teaching you about my your, parents, your parents aren't yeah. teaching you about the enemy and his lies and his ha, tricks. Ha, did your parents ever teach you that? My, my mother be, became a Christian when I was 10 years old, but so stuff you, had already, stuff had already happened in my life before that. So, so for already, nine years, you didn't know anything. Really. I, I was, I was, I, I was naive you, you saw about it, but I saw things. stuff that I shouldn't have seen when I was b- before I was ten. So, oh. so, so you those, never told me about this. Well, Annie. but I mean, it happens to a lot of people. Annie. Did you share this with me before? No, I don't think so. But I mean, we've never really talked about it. So at this well, point, this is the couch. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, I mean, you get you have uncles that have their posters on their garage, you know, hangout place. Yeah, my my grandfather's yeah. best friend Gunner. Yeah. He had a Playboy poster in his van. Yeah. And he had Playboy magazines in the drawers. Well, that's all it takes is for something like that to happen and then all of a sudden you're exposed. Well, at, at I eight remember or nine. my brothers going in there and they were laughing because of the calendar and then I went in there and looked and I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh, it was yeah. like we're talking old from like when Playboy first came out. No, I understand. Like the Marilyn Monroe issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those type of old magazines. Yeah. So it was 
so so fairly. but but again then they didn't really know any better like my no. like like I said I mentioned uncles they didn't know no you we know? we actually found uh magazines in these old houses that in Wisconsin there would be these abandoned houses mm-hmm. and some of the houses had old magazines with porn in them okay but let's go back even farther than that if you go look at some of the old army movies from the 50s and 40s or whatever, and you see these sailors with a pinup girl, and they kiss the the pinup girl as they go off to battle. I mean, that's kind of what's going on. Well, that's soft porn. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's the same thing. It's yeah. the way the enemy creeps in. Well, I mean, you know? if if a girl's dedicated to a particular soldier and she's going to marry him, it's innocent. I understand you know? that, but you know what's going on in the soldier's mind. Because he's seeing things or he's doing things. And then where does that go from there? I mean, obviously. Okay, so my perspective is this as a young girl watching those old movies. Oh, that's going to be your husband one day. Yeah, yeah. Those were my thoughts. But then those same soldiers were probably going to different countries and going to brothels. Well, I know for a fact because I used to get purchased by many men that were in the Army, Navy, and the Marines, and the Air Force. So it's been going on for a long time, and we can go back in time in biblical times. So so I want (laughs) to talk to you about getting to know someone like me because now we only have a couple minutes, which is great. I think this is great. We can do part two. Mm. When you first met me, you first saw my face and I want you to go way back Oz. And I mean, when you first saw my picture, first of all, and you saw me, this is a description. And then you read my description under my space. So go ahead and tell me how you first met me. Well, first of all, I, I, I was already, I became friends with one of your best friends on MySpace. And she had you in your top, We're in going, her, her top friends. So did we meet on social media? Is that so what you're saying? So we ended up meeting on, yeah, well, I saw you on MySpace. So okay. that goes way back. I don't know if any of you guys know about MySpace or not. But, um, <laughs> uh, but it, as far as me seeing you for the first time, it was on MySpace after I'd met your best friend and became a MySpace friend with her. And uh, and I saw your name, and it's funny because your name said ex hooker Annie Lobear, and when I saw that, it like it, it blew my mind because I knew your friend who I'd become MySpace friend, uh, friends with uh, went into she was a former stripper going into strip clubs to help girls come to church and give them gifts and stuff, invite them to church, and and it it was like very very interesting for me because being in, in from a band like striper going into all the rock clubs and playing music that glorified jesus and and shared jesus with people you know that was really unusual we were going into places that no church would go to and bringing the message of the would gospel would churches have you play for them ever uh yeah yeah calvary chapel uh, uh downey california but a lot Jeff Johnson. Though, right Jeff Johnson always had us play there a few, a few times. And then what about your other pastor? Uh, like Raul Reese got behind us yeah. and took us into high schools to play at lunch. And then he'd have a a, 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 a little uh, 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 like an outreach on the weekend and have them all come to a, a college auditorium with us playing. You know, <laughs> and he'd come out and all these kids would be there and he'd say, OK, guys, you could either be God blessed or God damned. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oz. That's what he would say. Oh. I can't believe he would do that. Well, but that's just being real. The kids that he would he was he was known for going into high schools and preaching to kids and getting them their attention and giving them the gospel. 
And a lot of those same kids are still going to his church. Wow. So that's that's radical Christianity in Vine. Yeah, yeah. So you know? so um, so so seeing you and Heather, you know, I'll mention her name because I can. Um that really intrigued me. And that's when I decided, well, you know, we went through a lot of stuff with the church coming against us for what we were doing because we had a lot of churches that were against what we were doing, dressing up in spandex and going and Why? playing rock Why are they against you? Tell me. Well, because in their minds, they thought that we were conforming to the world. Okay. Uh, now, why were you conforming to – why did it look like you were conforming to the because, world? Because uh, – And this know, is the 1980s. 1983, 84. So 1983, 84. This was the year of Ronald Reagan. And yes. And, and Presidency Ronald Reagan. And, what else? And, and a lot of bands were in the Hollywood strip uh, playing uh, – like like Motley Crue was playing in, in Hollywood and they were doing a lot of the uh, – uh, uh, satanic who else was planning? Uh, or who else was playing besides uh, Molly? The poison, poison was another one. They were they poison. were wearing a lot of makeup and looking uh-huh. effeminate. Um, um, who else? Oh my gosh! Um, there were a lot of other bands that didn't get famous that were playing and, and really doing like. Well, like I, there, I could name some bands. There were there were some bands that were playing at the time. I think there was a band called Witch. And it was a bunch of guys that, you know. Which? That was the name of the band. Uh, oh, um, oh, of course, uh, Ozzy Osbourne. But that was. Well, that's, that was, those guys were already. They were Black already Sabbath, prominent, that was, right? He was already a big icon. Right. I'm talking the, about the Sunset Strip where yeah, we the, started. The Sunset Strip hangout, yeah, basically. Yeah, like in playing at the Whiskey and playing at. Uh, and you uh, guys were Gizzaris playing with the big boys, basically. Well, not at that time. We were playing with a lot of the startup guys. Yeah. You know, at that time. So, so I mean, for us, going into a place like the Troubadour on, on Santa Monica Boulevard, where other bands are playing about sex, drugs, rock and roll, and Satan, you know, whatever, uh, um, we were going in telling people about Jesus. But hold on. I want to ask you something, honey, yeah. because I remember this really cool story about you guys practicing in the garage first. Mm-hmm. And the kids would line up down the block to listen to you guys practice. Well, that that was a whole other story. It's going to take a while for that one. But uh, well, can you kind of talk about that? We have a couple minutes for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if anything, uh, we we as soon as we dedicated our hearts and our music to Jesus, that was one of the things that happened. Who we was started, the person that did that? That helped. That helped you. Uh, there's a guy named Kenny Metcalf. Oh, Kenny Metcalf. He, yeah, okay. yeah. He's uh, he's a musician and and uh, he he's a a singer and all that stuff. Isn't and he, he a choreographer as well? Or? No, 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 no. Okay. No, Kenny Medcalf, uh, right now he's doing a uh, um, kind of a uh, impersonation act. Where oh, he yes. Does uh, Elton, Elton John. John. Yeah, yeah, Elton John. I love it. He's great. He's really yeah. good. Yeah. And and he's a full-on believer. Okay. So he doesn't have any craziness. So Kenny came in the garage one day. Came in the, Kenny came in the garage and he knew all of us were came from Christian homes and he already was friends with Rob. And Kenny kind of said to us, hey, you guys all know about the Lord. You should give your music to, to dedicate it to Jesus. Who was all there that day? It was myself, Robert Sweet, and Michael Sweet. It was the three of us. Okay. And um, and Rob, basically, we were in between bass players at the time, you know. And Rob kind of said, I want to do that. I want to dedicate our music to Jesus. And he goes, do you want to do that, Michael? And Mike looked up at him and said, yeah, I want to do it. And he asked Oz, are That's you into That's really cool. He goes, Oz, are you into doing that? And I had come from a background where my uh-huh. mom had twisted my arm to go to church. And I was like all <laughs> kind of like freaked out about doing any of that. And and I basically said, I don't know, you know. And Kenny just kind of did his thing. He started talking to me, started explaining things to me, which I had already had a church background. And since, you know, at that point I was like in my 20s and 
How old were you? Like 20, 20 21, 21. 20, yeah, somewhere Oh, there. you're so young. And, My and, gosh. And, and uh, so Kenny's explained all these things that I'd heard already in church. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, you know, he's right. You know, I think that's the right thing to do. And I don't know why. I just said, okay, let's do it. And at that point, that's when I believe, in my opinion, that's when Striper began. That's when God put his hand uh, and his eyes on the band and things started happening for the band at that point. Do you feel like that was your first real salvation for yourself moment? No, no. Or was it like a a public salvation moment? I think it was a dedication of a calling Mm -hmm. that God had for us, for all of us. And, um, and thankfully, 40 years later, we're still doing it, you know. But, I mean, I, I, uh, salvation, once, you're, once you accept the Lord and you, you acknowledge that, yes, he's Lord and, and I got to, you know, follow him. I got to give my life to him. Th- then he begins to work in your life because you've made that. You said that. You, you announced it. And at that point, you still may be kind of not really knowing what it's all about. But as you learn... And as you study and as you go to uh, the you, Bible studies or, uh, yeah. or you go to church services with a good Bible teacher, you're going to start yeah. soaking in all this I, wisdom. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Were you dating anyone at the time? Mm, yes, I was. Okay. Was it your – someone my first, I know? My, my first wife. Okay, yeah. So yeah. our mutual friend now. She's – we yeah. we're, we all get We're along. like family. Yeah, we are. We love her. So uh, I'm going to ask you – if people want to get a hold of you, just to do a shout out, or do you have social media handles? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, and uh, there's a lot of posts that go up Oz on my Fox, Facebook. Oz Fox, the one with the blue, the blue, blue picture, background. right? The blue background, right, Oz right, Fox, right. and it's the it's the verified meta one, right, with the little check on it. Yeah, it has, I think it might have a blue yeah. check. I don't. What really about know. Instagram? I do have a Sir Oz Fox at Sir Oz Fox uh, Instagram and then Twitter as and, well, and. Yeah, so is it the same handle at Oz, at Sir Oz Fox? Yeah, at Sir Oz Fox, yeah. Okay, good, because so, if people want to sh- do a shout-out, or of course, yeah. you guys, some there, of you guys email me, and that's fine, but that's only for a very, very important special message yeah. to Oz, because we have to go. I'm sorry, honey. That's okay. We're going to have to do part two, but this yeah. was really good. This is a good warm-up. We're talking today, everyone, I don't want you to forget, we're talking today about promiscuity and relationships. And a lot of people have asked Oz and I, ugh, they're afraid to ask it actually, but people ask, how did Oz marry someone like you? We're going to get into that on the next episode. We're going to get into the nitty gritty, deep, very, very honest, and uh, maybe not, yeah, all honest details. I was going to say not so honest because <laughs> because we're going to actually bring up biblical reasons that why we're married and how a relationship like ours is very, am I right or wrong, biblical. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a picture of the church. Yeah. What would you say, could we have 27 seconds to someone out there that is contemplating dating someone that has a past like me? Well, uh, thankfully, God cleanses us when we turn to him. Amen. And completely surrender to him. Yep, that's it. So that's all we need to know. Your sins are forgiven. Thank you. You're a different person. Thank you. You are redeemed. There's no more condemnation. Right right on. So God sees you that way, and your husband should see you that way too. I believe that's true. Okay, come back, friends. Don't forget, 
My name is Annie LeBaire, and this is Annie's Pink Chair. We are going to do part two with my wonderful and amazing husband, Oz Fox. We need partners like you to step up and stand with our ladies and say, I believe in your now. I believe in your healing and your future. And here's my $20 a month. Here's my $50 a month. Here's my $500 a month to go towards your healing, to go towards your trauma therapy, to go towards your cooking classes, to go towards your job readiness classes, to go towards your college. Give us a support because we are in need of monthly donors just like you. You are going to be changing someone's lives and our lives that we work with are precious. Please join us today and go to pinkchair.org, click on donate. Join us in the fight against sex trafficking.